0: Well, I wanna welcome each and every one of you to a special, special journey that we're about to take together called It's Worth It 2.0. I would love for all of you to go on the journey. I wanna welcome all those watching as well online. Our McKinney campus that's streaming with us, our Hazlitt campus. I know we have people here in our Keller campus, they're in video venues. We don't like to call it overflow. We want you to know we're making some seats for you, as well as other services by video. Maybe someone would watch this later. We want you to know that all of you are along with us for this journey. So let's put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining us. We're glad you're here with us. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Matthew 13, right there in the New Testament, easy for you. Matthew 13:44. We're gonna take a special journey together, uh, and uh, I call it a journey. We've done it many times as a church. We've just found that when we do it together, we all receive so much more individually when we're doing something together. We're growing together, we're studying together, and uh, I'm excited about it. It's called It's Worth It 2.0, because I spent the summer and our team spent the summer redoing a resource for you. It's really your story and it's really for you to grow and develop into all that God's called you to be. Uh, It's called It's Worth It 2.0 because in 2015, I wrote a book called It's Worth It. Some of you may have read it. This is so that you you get engaged in it. Uh, This is now half the words and double the impact. It's a different season in my life, it's a different season in your life, it's a new time in the life of our church and so because of the new season, I felt like it would be a great time for us uh, to celebrate together this new season with this resource. I have it for you for free and uh, I wanna give it to you. Uh, It's it's my greatest joy and privilege outside of my family um, to serve you. to be your pastor. And so I wanna give you this resource. It's it's just, I find myself just overwhelmed with the goodness of God when we're witnessing. I know at all our campuses we've had baptisms, but here at our Keller campus, seeing two sisters hug, and to see, uh, the, I, I get to sit in all the services. Let me tell you, no matter what service, or what venue, or where you experience it, God's changing lives all across our church family, and it's amazing, it's amazing to see. It's my honor to serve you, so. This is really your story, so I'm giving it to you for free, so I'm asking you to do me an actual favor and read it. (laughs) You know, when you get something for free, you're like, well, I want it because it's free. Whether I use it or not, who knows? Okay, so don't let it end up in the backseat of your car somewhere. Read it because I know God's gonna do something amazing in your life as a result of what God's doing among us. It's also a major celebration. So why did I also write this resource? Why do I want you to go on the journey? It's our 20-year anniversary as a church, and so uh, yeah, it's amazing. So we, we uh, some sometimes you know you just have dinner on the grounds, you know something maybe uh, have a potluck or something, and you celebrate one day. Uh, we're celebrating this entire fall. Why? Because we can. So we're just going to do it all fall because we just decided to. So it's just going to be like our birthday every weekend for the fall, right? And. Uh, and, and, and I was thinking about that, because you might be like, well, that's cool, you know, the church, and we're celebrating that. And and and, and really, I, I want you to know that we, we love every church. It's it's appropriate for a church family. We're not, I don't want you to get the idea that, that it's just like we believe it's only Milestone Church. We, we help pastors, we help churches, we celebrate every church that's doing great things for God. But, and I also want to make it clear It's appropriate for families to celebrate what God's doing among them. But really, at the end of the day, we're celebrating what Jesus has done in all of our lives. We're celebrating his faithfulness, his goodness. We're celebrating the worship song we just sang, that he's a treasure rich and rare. So we're gonna celebrate it all this semester. Now, I was thinking about birthday so that you'll really celebrate with me. Um, It's like on your birthday, when, when you're younger, you're like, what do I get? When you're older, it's like, what do I get the freedom to do that I wanna do? Because you're not really into what you get because it's like they'll just take your credit card and buy you something nice, you know? It's like, hey, we got you something, and then you show, it shows up on your credit card bill, so it's not as fun to like get an extravagant gift that you paid for. So you're really like, it's my birthday, what do I get to do, you know? Can I do something, can I go fishing, can I do, you know, it's like my, my family, we wanna take you somewhere nice to eat and bring a bunch of people. I'm like, I do that for a living, okay? <laughs> can, can, I, can I do something I wanna do? Can I eat something I wanna eat on my birthday? You know, we made you this cake. Look, I want yellow cake chocolate icing. That's my birthday cake. I don't know what you like. If you eat white cake with white ice and vanilla, You need ministry. If if you eat strawberry ice cream, I don't even know why they have strawberry ice cream. Why would we have it? If you don't like chocolate, join a different church. That's all I'm saying. You're not in our anniversary. You're not part of the anniversary. You know what I'm saying? But it's awesome on your birthday, you get to celebrate what you wanna celebrate. And what do we love to celebrate? We love to celebrate Jesus and what he's doing. In your life, I wanna give you the tagline to the book because that's really where we're going. It's really about this. It's about discovering God's plan for you. And this is what I want us to hone in on this first week at all our campuses online, discovering God's plan for you because many times it's in a place you might not expect it to be. It's in a place you might not expect it to be. In fact, you might be like, look, we're gonna have like celebrating and celebrate the church. Is that really, if you wanna get everyone to tune out, it'd be like, hey, let's celebrate church. But a lot of times people don't understand that Jesus lives in the midst of that atmosphere and does things and they don't understand that there's a personal treasure in him and there's things he wants to distribute to you and there's a treasure in it. It may be in a place that you might not expect. And in Matthew chapter 13 verse 44, Jesus himself shows us this in this great parable that he tells. Now in this section of scripture, Jesus actually gives eight parables in this chapter that we read. Repetition in the Bible equals emphasis. So Jesus is trying to say, I I want you to get this. I I want you to get this. You, You need to get this. And it's like he's repeating himself over and over and he's talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, his rule and reign, his way of life, his, his opportunity that he gives to us to partner and participate in what he's doing in the earth. The quickest way to live frustrated is to live like the people that were listening to these messages from Jesus, thinking that the ultimate goal is for me to set up my kingdom or my way of it being, or I might think it's what's happening in my view of how things should be organized and set up. And Jesus says, look, quit trying to fix everything on this sub-level, get involved at a higher level at the kingdom that supersedes all kingdoms, at the rule and reign of the one who's over it all. And so he's just continuing to elevate their thinking to this kingdom. In fact, when the disciples asked him about prayer, he said, you need to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven, that his kingdom would come here in the midst of your everyday life as it is where everything's perfect and right in heaven. So he gives us here in verse 44, I think it's so powerful. It's one verse, it's two sentences, and it's 35 words. In one verse, two sentences, and 35 words, Jesus says something very profound. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's hidden in the field. But there's a man who found it. He hid it again and then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had and he bought the field. (coughs) He bought the whole field just to get the treasure. You know what I find in a lot of people's lives? They only see when it comes to the kingdom of God, his rule and reign, what he wants to do in your life, how he wants to show up in your everyday this kingdom mindset of how he's operating in the world and him actually, he the treasure, he's actually the man in the story who gives it all to get all of it so that he can provide the treasure. But we ourselves also through him experience the same thing where he has bought the field to give us the treasure but we many times, we only see dirt, we don't see the treasure. We, we walk around where he is revealing himself, he's showing himself, he's available to us. And we so many times only see the dirt around us and never actually see the treasure because it's in an unlikely place many times. He says, I have a treasure available for you. And what I love about it, he's so good. If you're going through a challenging time, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you're walking through a struggle, if you've got things in your life you can't explain, you don't understand, if you're trying to decide where you're going for your future, if you're working through problems today or you just feel a little sick on the inside, you feel like your soul's not right, no matter where you're at, he's a treasure that when you find him, I like to say it this way, you'll never give it back. You'll never trade it in. There's no buyer's remorse. Uh, they say statistically 50% of people, when they buy a car, they have buyer's remorse after they buy it. Everyone who bought Bitcoin has buyer's remorse. I, I, I thought of one that we've all experienced. Here, here's, here's America's you know, most famous, probably hamburger, but it's not that good. The Big Mac. This is what your expectation is, but this is reality. This is what it really is. Are y'all with me? Come on. Like, I thought it was going to be this. Then it's like that little fake cheese with some thousand-dollar dressing, and it's all messed up. So a lot of people, when you hear me talk about, we're going to go on this journey together, we're going to do, it's worth it, 2.0. It's like, what is that? What are we talking about You maybe could think, well, that's not really pertaining to me, that's like the church celebrating 20 years, or that's like some values that the bald-headed guy came up with that are important and that's out of the Bible, but it doesn't affect my life. I want to encourage you to not think that way, That, that there's a treasure available for you that maybe has been hidden to you and you've only seen dirt. So what happens for us in our lives when we never find the treasure We're after the treasure, we're after something. We're looking in fields of dirt to find treasure. It's why someone who experiences great success hits all their financial targets, gets promoted, gets everything they thought they could ever think that they could ever get, and they they are left. Some of you that are younger, you're like, look, I'm just trying to get to that. I got you. But you might wanna set in your life a kingdom perspective before you get any of it. Some of you know this to be true. People tried to tell you that it would be true, but you didn't believe it. When you get those things, why is it that you find yourself saying, isn't there more? Can't there be more to life than this? It's why when we go through pain and struggles and circumstances we sometimes can feel like, did I cause this? Is this my fault? And we don't know how to access the hope that's found in Jesus when we're struggling through life. We don't know how to walk through the sufferings and the pains and the tribulations and the challenges because we only know how to go to dirt to try to find help or hope. We never know many times how to find that treasure. And I could go on and on in our lives where we are pursuers of treasure. We many times though don't find the real treasure cuz we're looking at dirt instead of the treasure Jesus is trying to give us here. I know many people also feel like a lot of times when it comes to just what God's doing or the plan of God or church or any of it it's kind of like what are we really trying to do? I know I felt that. I mean as a kid growing up I thought what are what are we what, what are we really doing? What are we really What are we really after here? What are we we really trying to pursue? It can be a frustrated feeling to feel like, hey, we're doing all this stuff, but I don't even know, it's just like a bunch of dirt. Could somebody show me some treasure? I want you to go on this journey where you're gonna experience the treasure that's available for you personally in the person of Jesus Christ. I think about how this works. When you start coming to the treasure that is Jesus, When you start understanding how he has available for you this kingdom perspective, it's something that you do. Everything in his economy you do this way. You accept it by faith. You start journeying and then you find, this is the thing about Jesus, he's more lovely. He's more wonderful. He's greater than you could ever think of, you could ever ask, think, or imagine. It's, it, gets, it gets greater, it gets better, it gets more overwhelming how good and how amazing that He is. I think about in my own life in our church. I, I remember many years ago driving down the road and, and I'd read that morning out of James about, un, about what pure religion, what pure worship of God is. And, I'd read that phrase about widows and orphans and I felt God tugging at my heart to help single moms in our area. And I saw treasure in something as I just started obeying God and his kingdom. Our church was uh, very, very young and we we didn't have a lot of resources to give away to the community, but I just felt God calling me to it. Less than 1% of churches in America have a ministry to single moms. My grandmother was a single mom. I started seeing that I thought, well, now we reach out to a lot of widows even in our community, but at that time I thought, you know, single moms in our community are like the widows of the Bible. And did I did I, I want to tell you what I found? When I, when I didn't see dirt, and I'm not saying single moms are dirt, but I will tell you this, they feel a lot of times like they're not the treasure. I didn't know that. They, they feel, because I've talked to hundreds of them now in lines at 101. Well, I'm not welcome in that environment. I'm, I now have a big symbol on me that I've gone through problems and challenges I can't fit with those people. And how many of you know when we don't see it, Jesus sees the treasure? And we begin to welcome them in, and we begin to help them, and we begin to serve them. And, Up until this point, we've given like $4 million in Christmas gifts at our joy event to single moms. We've helped single moms finish their education so that now they can provide for their families. What I didn't know, this is how it just gets bigger and bigger, what I didn't know is that they themselves, as they have received, they're so grateful, they began to return back that gratefulness and they began to serve. They became a volunteer army in our church and it's amazing, it's amazing. You know another thing I didn't know, I didn't again, you don't know when you start pursuing the treasure that is Jesus in the extension of his kingdom, that there were dads in the community. Let me tell you something that a dad loves, his daughter. And dads begin to say, I'm coming there, and dads begin to get right with God, and dads begin to get involved in the kingdom, and dads' moms begin to serve. Why? Because you're serving my daughter who's a single mom. I had no idea, but that's how it is in the kingdom. When you just obey him and seek what he's after, I believe it's amazing when we see the treasure that's in young people. Here at Milestone, we begin to see, as we begin to pour into these young people, let them use their gifts, You don't want to miss, and you do definitely want to share the service from next weekend as you see young people use their gifts, as you see them serve God, as you see them preach, host, share, sing, and do it better than a lot of people twice their age. Most people today are busy saying, what are we going to do with the generation coming behind us? many of them fatherless, many of them needing parents, many of them, as most of culture has written them off as it's possible for who they can become. Let me tell you, but Jesus sees treasure. When Jesus shows up there, potential begins to be realized. We begin to see a transformation. I talked to a lady who has experienced the treasure of the kingdom this week. She came here, moved here because of a career move. She was recruited here. She had a great career move as she came here, but little did she know, as we like to say, a lot of times, just like in the story of Ruth, you're looking for food, but Jesus is wanting to put you in the treasure that is him and his family. She moved here, came in the doors of Milestone Church, gave her life to Christ, went through all of the O ones, as the lady on the testimony said. Why do we put you through the 01s? Why are you in the 01s? Why are we taking, why are we trying? We're trying to help you from digging around in a field and don't know how to find the treasure. That's what we're trying to do, it's not a program. Why do I want you to get in a small group through this? I want you to find treasure, I wanna make it easy. I grew up in church where we just did church. I mean, I, I was on a committee when I was like 14 years old. Hell's run by a committee. I was sitting on the committee, you know, and they're all talking about our church, we get them saved, but we don't do anything with them. People are falling through the cracks. I was like, where are the cracks, man? I don't wanna fall through the cracks. And I realized they're saying, people are coming into the environment and we're busy preaching and we're busy talking and we're busy singing, but they don't know how to find the treasure. And so that's why we had the 01. She came to 301. She told me this week, she said, in 301, I found relationships and friendships that now years ago, they've spread out to do other things, but we still pray for one another. We still have text threads where we pray for one another's lives and families. We now, we, we, we'll celebrate a birthday together. She told me, she said, in our little group of this little young group, we've had 11 babies, because we know how to be fruitful and multiply at Milestone. But anyway, it's amazing. You're like, Jeff, why are you talking about that? It's the treasure that is Jesus in the midst of his people. And there's steps available for you in it. I wanna talk to you about how to get it. You're like, okay, I got you. I personally need to discover God's plan for me. And how do I know the difference? And in this first week at all campuses and online, my whole goal is to show you a broad brush understanding of the difference between dirt and treasure to get you going in the process of what God wants to show you individually. Number one, most important thing, the dirt is religious activity, but the treasure is Jesus. If you think it's like, We're just trying to get you in some kind of institutional connection with some just program or just to personally identify with some label or some kind of information. Let me just tell you, many people have tried that, just simply doing religious stuff. It's why when religion is what you do, faith in Jesus is the treasure, real relationship with Jesus. That's the real treasure. Because religious activity will have you doing things, but not knowing that Jesus already finished the work, and he doesn't want you just to do things, he wants to transform your life. He's the ruling, reigning king. He's the ruling, reigning king of the universe. He made you, and he wants to come into your life in a personal way. I could give you, because he is so amazing, so beyond comprehension, I don't have enough time to share with you all the aspects of how if you'll just simply lean his direction and open your life up to him, how you will find treasure that you've never known before. I I don't even have time to describe all that. They're gonna run me off the stage in just a minute. Jesus is so amazing there's not enough messages to preach every subject and topic of how great he is and what he brings to the table. I mean, I could talk about justification, how how you feel all out of sorts and messed up and, and you feel like the weight of the world. We had a baptism at our Saturday night service where a testimony was, I feel like the weight of a thousand worlds have come off my shoulder. That was one of the testimonies. Why do you feel that way? Because when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he makes things new and right. He aligns things in your soul that you can't fix on your own. And, and I could talk about justification. I could talk about his mercy. I could talk about his compassion. I could talk about all kinds of aspects of the gospel. But in this idea of buying a whole field, I thought about redemption. I thought about this word redeemed. It's, it's, a, it's a part of what he does. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption. Through his blood. You you might not know, why do we have crosses? Why do we have them in our houses? Why do people wear crosses around their neck? Why did he have to go to that bloody cross? Because that was not just a religious event. That was him purchasing with his very own life. He purchased your relationship with him. He finished a work that you couldn't finish. He made a sacrifice that you don't have enough to sacrifice, you don't have enough to give. That's why religion leaves you feeling like dirt. Religion is, I don't know how to meet the standard. I don't know how to measure up and whatever you fail at long enough, you eventually quit. He says, we have redemption through his sacrifice and his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Will you talk about something so valuable? The guilt you have for what you've done, what you've said, what you've done to hurt the people that you love. You know why the weight of a thousand worlds comes off of you when you surrender to Jesus? Because you got a lot of junk that when he forgives you, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Forgiveness of sins in accordance with, look at this, the riches of God's grace. Redemption means to buy back. Redeem means to buy back. I thought about it this way. My kids were younger. We would take them to Chuck E. Cheese. And we have a wad of money. And we would eat some bad pizza. Then we, sorry if you own a Chuck E. Cheese, but anyway. It wasn't that great. It was just okay. But anyway, then we go to the game thing because that's why we're there. And we're not there just to play games. We stroll by the prize section before we go. This is how we go, right? Come on, kids. I'm looking for something big, a gaming system, a new car, a vacation. What's up there in that ticket realm? And then we're going to go and and we're going to send kids up the skee-ball to throw it in the hundred as many times as we can. (laughs) And we're, y'all with me, we're trying to get tickets. And when they, those tickets come out, if one's kind of hanging out, we're gonna pull on that half ticket to try to pull five more because we're trying to dominate, right? You see, we're trying to get a lot of tickets. We're trying to win a, a new car. And we will end up with a load of tickets and we've spent $175 and we're gonna go to the counter and we're gonna say, can we get that? And they're gonna say, you're a long way from that. You're never getting that. Actually, we've never given anybody that. Here's some jacks, here's a bouncy ball, here's a toy soldier. You can get five toy soldiers. Here's some of this sticky stuff that's gonna end up in your sister's hair. That's what you get for $175. When you only know religion, it's like I bring all of what I did, but I realize I don't have enough to buy the real treasure. And Jesus says, you'll never have enough. I wanna give you the best. I wanna give you myself. The second thing is the dirt is the empty return that you have on investments that you make. You invest your life, you only have one life. You look up and it's gone by faster than you thought, but you're investing your life in all kinds of things. But the treasure is a life filled with kingdom values. Now, one of the big hangups here when I start talking about the kingdom, or Jesus here talking about the kingdom of heaven, is you might think, oh, that's something later, that's something in the the sweet by and by, but what he's actually talking about is his rule and reign coming into your everyday into what you do every single day. And so it's not just one day in heaven, it's now him showing up in what you do every single day. But you have to embrace those values. He says, in fact, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of just eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace. How valuable is peace in your life? How valuable is that? It's joy. It's joy in your life that you know what? What I'm doing is not just a bunch of religious activity, but I'm experiencing the fullness of the life that Jesus came to bring me, even if I have problems and challenges. It's now. So we're going to, over the next few weeks, go through a set of values. And I find, again, you're like, are these just the church values? I find they are the values that I see outlined as kingdom values that will help you experience the treasure. I wanna give them to you. We're gonna talk about Bible. We're gonna talk about the mission of God. We're gonna talk about discipleship. Some of you are like, wow, that sounds exciting. discipleship. Wow, that sounds like a churchy term. I know you want a message on five ways to have a body by God. I know you want that. (laughs) I'm not qualified to preach that one. I'll have to get Pastor Tyron to do it or somebody. (laughs) I, I know that we kind of think what we want, but When we're pursuing what we think we want, many times we're going to dirt and missing the treasure. Discipleship, spiritual family, generosity. Let me give you just a little snapshot to make this real. The Bible, the Bible is the very words of God. The number one thing I hear from people is, what is God's will for my life? Well, when you begin to understand scripture, when you begin to apply it to your life, it's living, it's active. When you grow in it, then what happens is you begin to understand God's will and God's desires and God's plan and what he wants to do in your life. And I realize a lot of people want to know the Bible but feel intimidated by it. They wanna grow in it but they don't know how to get started in it. For centuries, that's how the church has studied the Bible and grown in the Bible. Small groups for us are not a program. Why are we trying to take you on this journey? We've done it for 20 years. We know it works. You'll grow in the scripture. If you have a marriage problem, the Bible talks about that. It tells you, now you may not wanna do what it says, but it tells you how to fix the problem. It tells you about raising kids. It tells you about your work life. It tell, the Bible has the answers that you're looking for. We want you to grow in it. Mission, I want you to hear this. Every campus, online, if you're in our, our video venues, you gotta got hear this. You're not made just to get to five o'clock. You're not made just to get enough get to five o'clocks to get to the weekend you 're not made just to get enough of five o'clock to get to enough weekends to get to a vacation to be more tired when you came back from when you come back from the vacation than when you went you're not made to collect enough PTO and enough retirement and enough years to get a watch to get enough money to go play golf and live on a beach you're not made for that fine if you get some of those things but I want you to know most people, statistically it says, that what you do every day doesn't provide satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. It's something you do to get compensation so that you can pay your mortgage and you can live your life. I'm gonna tell you fireworks will go off. Your life will radically change. You will drive to your place of employment or you will serve your children or you will go to a ball game different when you understand how God created you and made you for a purpose and for a mission on this planet. You need to know that. And, and I'm gonna tell you, no matter what season you're in, you have to keep revisiting that in new seasons. That's why most of our culture has more than they ever thought they would have, but still feels empty because you're made for God's purpose. Discipleship, let me hit that one since it's kind of Sounds like a school class, Pastor. That's because we miss what discipleship is. In the scripture, it's not the divulging of information to people. We've had plenty of information given to us. It's It's a culture and an environment where you get around people that are a little further than you that are helping you take your next steps and you begin to help one another grow. Let me say this, you say, I don't know if I'm into that. Well, let me ask you something that you may be into. I've sent two kids off to college. When you send your kids or your grandkids or your nieces or your nephews, do you want to send them into a caustic culture and an environment that's going to absolutely teach them everything antithetical to the way God's kingdom works? Do you want them to be able to go into that and stand in their faith and know who they are in Christ? And do you want them to walk into those environments so that they're ready to be able to face them? I would say you do. That's discipleship. Now you're like, I'm into it. I'm into it. We, these are treasures that you have to experience and grow in to see how valuable they are. Spiritual family, you heard the, the lady, what a powerful testimony. I, didn't, I never even heard the word. I'd never even heard the word. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Generosity and Jesus gave it all. And it truly is as you live it, being a person who's open-handed and generous, there's life there. And we're going to talk the last week about the Holy Spirit. Because that's not one of our five values, but it is kind of a, if you will, the person of who God is that impacts and affects this atmosphere. If you're experiencing it, it's the Holy Spirit being present among us. So we're gonna talk about those things. Here's the third one that I want you to get. The dirt is isolated living, but the treasure is being connected in divine relationships. And, and, And I talk about this a lot because I believe it's the backdrop that we've missed for a lot of people really growing in the kingdom. Jesus is the treasure, but Jesus lives in the midst of his people. And most of the time, most of the time, when Jesus wants to do something in your life, his distribution mechanism is the people that you live around. It's why, because if you're not a part of a life-giving, kingdom-oriented, Bible-preaching, missional group of people, you tend to. I hear people say, well, I got me and Jesus, and we just kinda, me and Jesus, do what me and Jesus wanna do, and you're not growing. You're not growing. Most of the time, you're not growing, because when you get discouraged, most of the time in Scripture, it's get connected. Most of the New Testament, you have trouble living because those are letters to churches of people that were walking their faith out among one another. Moses saw a burning bush, and he still had his father-in-law help him. That had to be humbling. You most of us, if we had God appear to us in a burning bush, would be like, I got all I need. But God said, I'm gonna use your father-in-law to talk to you about how to organize this. The apostle Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He had the Holy Spirit downloading him to him, the text that we study. Yet he saw and was changed in a moment where he saw Jesus knocked off his horse, spoken to from heaven, and yet God still said you need to go to Ananias. And he had to pray for him. So when we have our individualized Christianity of today that doesn't understand divine relationships, it's absolutely cutting us off from the treasure of our world today. It's cutting us off. That philosophy kills what God wants to do in our lives so many times. Think about it this way. 30 years, maybe 50 years ago, there are terms that if you went back, if I went back to my grandmother who, was, who lived during the depression and I said to her, bottled water. Get me a bottled water. What would she mean? <laughs> what? Streaming would be something that happened in a river. You with me? Our technological world, we can be here right now and we know what somebody in Bangladesh is doing. Let me tell you about my technological skill that I'll offer to you guys. This is it. If you have a problem with your technology, turn it off, turn it back on. That's my top gift. Turn it off, turn it back on. Just for free. That's just free in the message. Just turn it off, turn it back on. You don't have to be a real great genius person. Turn it off, turn it back on. Anyway, there's all these words that we have now. Did you know there's a word in our culture that did not exist 30 years ago or 50 years ago? Crowded loneliness. I've been researching anxiety and depression among young people because at our camps this year, the number one feedback, what did they come saying I'm struggling with? Anxiety. I wanna know, why is that happening? What do we need to do to address that? I'm, I'm having my team, and we're, we're researching. It was like, we've gotta hit that head on. Why do we have a generation of young people that are o- overly anxious? I will say this, with our global world, with our exposure to every problem in the world? Did you know percentages say that the percentage likeliness of you struggling with anxiety is drastically greater if you live in a metropolitan area versus a rural area? So with the gravitation to metropolitan places and people being around more people than they've ever been around and and the mobility now of the very rare for someone to work for one company, but instead to move around to multiple different places, what's happening is we're slowly becoming more successful, but more and more losing the anchors in our lives. We're losing the anchors of people. Who do you have in your life that you'll be fully honest with? Who do you have in your life that can tell you no? You never just drive off in the ditch. You always start with the side of the road. Who do you have in your life to go, it's right now, get back on the road? Who do you have in your life that's going to be there when you face your crisis, not if you face it? Who do you have there that's wanting to see you become grounded and walk out your faith? I'm going to tell you. These are the values we started with 20 years ago. I'm more excited about them than I ever have been. And I'm also a little dangerous because we just walked through one of the most radical cultural challenges that all of us in our generation, it'll be in history books. And we help churches and I've been encouraging pastors, many pastors wanting to quit. Most churches are still maybe 65% attendance pre-COVID, and what happens is we're now dealing with the realization as a spiritual culture in the world that we've done a lot of talking and we've done a lot of singing, but you don't know how to read your Bible. You actually think the kingdom of God is who is president. You actually think the kingdom of this earth is you setting in place your kingdom. You actually, most people have believed and built their house on things that can't stand, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm proud of you, but I'm gonna tell you, I am more excited about these values because in our midst, we've seen God do something by getting you anchored to what real biblical Christianity actually is. And I'm gonna tell you, there's other waves coming. Let's build our house now before the next waves come so that we are not sitting around in a field looking at dirt, but we're finding the treasure in Jesus. Now you you'll take something of value if two things happen usually. Number one, you see its value. I hope you see the value of this treasure and you take steps. A second reason you might do it is you have a friend that refers you to it. So I wanna be the friend that refers you You know, so if your friend tells you, you have to watch this movie, you're like, oh, okay, I gotta watch this movie. If someone says, you gotta go to this restaurant, your friend refers you. Which by the way, is still the greatest way, it's not billboards, it's not websites, it's not Facebook, the greatest way one person impacts another person is a personal invite. You guys do great at that, at reaching out to your friends. I wanna tell you, I wanna be the friend right now, to encourage you to take this journey with us at all campuses online so that you'll find this treasure. If, if What if you found friends that you have babies together and you pray for one another and you could take some vacations together and grow together and learn the Bible together? What if you found that? What a treasure. What if you actually started learning how to engage with your Bible and it didn't just sit on the coffee table or it wasn't just buried in your device somewhere? What if you began to actually learn what discipleship is and actually learn how to disciple your children and they began to grow in their faith? What what about some treasure of Jesus moving in his kingdom through you? I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me and pray. I wanna pray for someone right now. Maybe you're here and you say, Jeff, I don't really, I haven't really surrendered to Jesus. I've been in that religious activity. You say, what do I do? Just simply say, no matter where you're listening to me from, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I surrender. You saw maybe people baptized at your campus. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Come to one of the O1s. Come forward at your campus so someone can pray with you. Let us know on a connection card so we can help you start to grow. But maybe you're here and you, you know Jesus, but you're like, I, I wanna see his kingdom come at my house as it is in heaven. And Jesus, I join you in that desire, this parable. Lord, we want the treasure that is you and you moving among us. Lord, we ask you, that you would go beyond my words. Lord, I ask you would go beyond my words from information to revelation that as we celebrate and journey together for the next few weeks, we'll look more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.